Welcome back to the Nick Finzer Audio Experience. This is Nick, and today we are looking back at an episode of the Ask Nick Show, looking at episode number 79. We're going to talk a little bit about keeping your motivation while you're practicing, trying to keep things fresh, a couple of strategies about how you might be playing inside or outside of the chord changes, uh, how to make that sound good, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about my process for learning a jazz standard. So maybe these some of these things you've heard me talk about before, but I think it's always good to get a fresh perspective on uh, very common questions that come in, uh, not only from you all, but also from my students that I teach every week at the University of North Texas. So uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. If you aren't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and uh, leave us a review if you enjoy what you're hearing here, or let us know what you'd rather hear more of, whether it's more music, less music, more Q&As. Uh, and so thanks for you. Thanks for your time, and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. He says, what is your warm-up routine? My warm-up routine these days is to play tunes mostly, play the melodies of tunes, and then I play through, I have been doing my Get Ready routine. Get Ready is a book that I wrote, put it out two years ago. It's a, It's got a play-alongs also that go along with it. It's actually 17 or 18 minutes of uh, warm-up stuff if you play it front to back, and it's just a hitting the main areas. So my main areas that I always try to hit are sound, flexibility, and articulation uh, in whatever warm-up routine I'm doing. So I try to hit those three areas, and I don't usually stick to the same thing. I get bored pretty easily. So I try to do a bunch of different things within the context of those three areas. So what do you consider to be the most important thing that students often don't realize? We don't think longitudinally enough, and we don't think about kind of the full ramification of like the future and trying to build build on something into the future and trying to, um, we were too transactional, you know? And it's like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, you know? And while you're in school, there's like all these check marks and you, you know, you do this week, week's assignment and next week's assignment, but then you don't have any like direction or goals in terms of where you're heading to and you don't necessarily know how to create opportunities for yourself because you're just being you know, more or less like a yes person to your teacher, you know, and not uh, always thinking for yourself, you know, and trying to develop a sense of what you want to do as well. Something that's important to keep in mind, no matter where you're going to school, or if you're going to school at all, is that you have to make the school work for you just as much as uh, you do work for the school in terms of whatever your, your professors are telling you and all that sort of thing. You know, you it's up to you to navigate that and make sure that you're getting what you need out of the program. So yeah, that's something that students don't realize that they need to do is think about the longitudinal success of their career. What are they going to do to kind of build over time rather than just worrying about, you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Um, and developing as an artist, like having something to say. Just playing trombone is not good enough anymore, you know. Being a good trombone player is the beginning it's not the end what are the benefits to practicing entire transcriptions as opposed to just taking little pieces of vocabulary so those are two different approaches to developing you know your vocabulary and musical identity so by transcribing a whole solo you're really kind of diving deep into a player if you only do little bits and pieces you're just getting little bits and pieces right so at certain points in your development it's important to get those little bits of vocabulary and focus only on getting that vocabulary and then at other points it's more important to think about the flow. You're trying to get the flow together. You're trying to get the feel of the eighth notes. You're trying to get a longitudinal approach. You're trying to go deep. You're trying to understand the how, not just the why. When you just transcribe like a little tiny bit, you're not really getting into the how. You're not really matching 
you know, the flow of that, those phrases through time. It's all important stuff to think about. And they're just kind of completely different things in the context of development. Like they have different purposes. They have different goals and they do different things. Just to transcribe them vocabulary to transcribe vocabulary gets more vocabulary, right? And that's one part of it, but it's also important to get the feel and the flow and the nuance from transcribing people in a deep way. And the only way to do it in a deep way is to do a full solo. You know, you're not going to sound like JJ by transcribing just a lick here and a lick there. What are some creative ways to keep your practice motivation fresh? I don't really deal with motivation in, in terms of waiting for it to strike or creativity to strike. I just, I think that that's not a thing and that the most successful people in any field, doesn't have to be music, any field where people are high achieving or need to be high achieving or strive to be high achieving, that involves regimented practice. It takes a decision. It doesn't take motivation. You know, when I was in college, it was, I am deciding I am practicing four to six hours a day. It doesn't have to be six hours a day, but it does have to be four. You know, it wasn't a question of if, if I feel motivated. That's not a thing for me. It's like, I am doing this. And so once you decide you are doing something, then it's not a choice. You don't wait for the motivation to show up. It's like, I am going to get, I am going to move to New York. So what am I going to do to do that? You know, so I worked backwards from there. For me, it was go to grad school. So then I was like, all right. So to get to New York, I'm gonna to go to grad school. To get into grad school, I need to practice these things. I need to make this audition tape. I need to be able to do these things along the way. So for me, that's how I did it. I backed it up and I just decided, you know, I decided I'm gonna practice. I'm not gonna wait around uh, for inspiration to strike because it's too unwieldy. It doesn't strike at the same time. You don't know if it's gonna actually show up on a given day. So I don't, don't rely on that sense of motivation to make sure you you have a goal and you're committed to the goal. And that means you're going to do it. If, if, if your goal is, you know, to, to be in the NBA, you're going to practice playing basketball every day. You know, it's the same thing on a different scale. If you want to be in a scene, playing every day, playing gigs, getting called, being a top call person in a city, you need to practice enough to be that top, top call person. It doesn't just happen. Don't waste your time waiting for motivation. Just go and decide. How long did it take you to develop your own style? I don't know. I don't know if there was a time where it kind of reared its head that there was a style there. I kind of believe that your musical choices, the things you listen to, the things you transcribe, the things that you're into kind of naturally pervade your own style over time. As long as you're being true to the things that influence you and the things you're passionate about, that it will naturally come through time, through, through playing. And so a lot of it comes exactly through that, through playing. So I don't know exactly when it showed up, but I feel like I don't know that I even have a style. Personally, like I was like, I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. You know, what do I, what do I want to sound like? To me, it's an ongoing process. And it's always my friend Lucas Pino, great tenor player, if you don't know him, he kind of talks about it in a way that I, I really like. What you can hear in your concept versus like actual reality, right? So it's like you have your concept and your listening gets better and better and you're trying to chase your technical ability is trying to chase that so as your concept gets deeper and more individual you keep on love having to level up so that you can keep up with your own perception your own ideas of what you want to sound like how do you go about improvising on dominant chords and tunes like bridge of rhythm changes bridge of caravan sweet george brown play the key center you play the sound you know like you get to the bridge of rhythm changes and you want to highlight the notes that are unique to that sound. So like in the key of B flat concert, 
when you're playing rhythm changes and you're in B flat, B flat, B flat, when you go to D7 or G major, that's going to sound bright. So I want to accentuate those notes like F sharp and B natural. Those are a couple of notes, you know, that it's like I want to make sure that I play. And um, transcribing soloists, you play jazz vocabulary that, that uh, fits those changes, you know. But I always try to think about the rhythm first. I try to think about that it's one big piece of tension to lead us back to the A section. Like the bridge is that piece of, if we're talking about rhythm changes, like the bridge is that piece of like other, right? It's like all B flat, all B flat, all B flat, and then we move into some other stuff. So for me, that's like an important differentiation to make. But man, think of the rhythm first and think about just playing phrases, just playing rhythms, and the notes have to fit the changes. They're either in the chord or they're out of the chord, you know? And every note on every change has a certain tendency. It either wants to go up or it wants to go down. So you just have to experiment. How can you sound out but make it sound good? One, be confident, and two, make it sound good. You have to make it like not a big deal. If you make a big deal about like, I'm gonna play out, it's gonna sound bad. It has to be like a natural extension of what you're playing. So, you know, one way to do that is by starting to identify what are some of the color tones that work well on a certain chord or like what out notes work well. One thing that I like to do that doesn't make any sense, but we'll demonstrate this concept, is that like if I think about playing a C-sharp minor blues, I have a tune called We the People that's in C-sharp minor or D-flat minor. What I like to do is kind of when I build it up to a moment of like tension and I want to go to the next level of tension and find like another key center to play in for a little while, I try to go to B-flat major over C-sharp minor. It should not work, right? But if I play strong shapes, so this is this, this is my suggestion, to play strong shapes in another key, so that could be triads, it could be one, two, three, five, it could be pentatonic, it could be a scale, but that it's, it's so strong in that shape of itself that it carries over into that new key. So like we're talking about bridge to rhythm changes, it's like, okay, well I could play D7. I'm thinking like one, two, three, two, one, da, 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 da. To the third that comes to mind da, da, dee, dee, da, 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 key so you could play d7 or it's like you could play some color tones and play like e major over that d7 or an e triad and then if you want it to sound like super spacey you could do like f sharp major you could play like b you could play try b flat or b major with that d7 and so you know you're going to play some quote-unquote wrong notes but at some point you got to decide what notes sound good to you there's a lot of rules and harmony but ultimately like do you think it sounds good? If you do, it's probably cool. To me, everything in jazz and harmony is all about voice leading. So if you set up any, you can set up any note to work. You know, there's whatever famous sayings that go like, oh, you're only a half step away from the right note. But it's like, I mean, that's one way to think about it. Or you can just think about that there's like, I think on any chord, there's like 10 notes that work and two that you probably don't want to play. Like on a dominant chord, you know, one person might say like, oh, don't play the major seventh. but well, you can, because you can go da, 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 like a leading tone, a bebop scale, well, that's there. You know, you can play the minor third, because that's a sharp nine. You can play pretty much any note. The only one is like, on a D7, if I'm gonna imply all kinds of like colorful notes, then I wanna not play an E natural. E natural makes it sound like it's in G major, and it sounds like, uh, a, like a bright sound, but maybe this is too much in the weeds. Uh, but strong shapes in another key over a key center. So experiment with that, try like, playing an E triad over D7, and then try to play an A triad over G7, and then a D triad over C7, and then a G triad over F7, and see where that gets you. What is your mindset coming into any performance you play in? The, the question that I always, I say this 
in a multitude of arenas and a multitude of situations uh, about different aspects of the music, but asking yourself and posing yourself the question, what does the music need right now is the ultimate question uh, for any performance in any style, because you really affect the performance positively by really um, focusing your energy on being a, not just as like a student of the music, but really being open to what's happening. If you put your agenda out there above all else, it's kind of a drag for a lot of the people that are um, playing with you. But if you put everyone else's agenda ahead of your own, play the music. What does the music need right now? Does my solo need to be energetic? Does it need to be calm? Should I be playing louder? Am I playing in tune? Am I playing in time? Am I playing in the concept of this band? All of those things. Uh, kind of work together to create a good mindset. First of all, a couple weeks ago, I released a new duet book. It's called Get To It. It's 10 duets that feature improvisation. I've been releasing a bunch of videos about it. You can check those out if you want more information. More importantly is that there's a challenge going on now, and that challenge is uh, the Get To It Challenge, and the challenge is play one of the duets. So if you go to the Get To It Challenge YouTube video, or it's on my website, you can find it there, and it's in the link in the bio, I'm pretty sure. You can go there and download one of the parts, an audio and video of me playing the other part. It's on a duet over the changes of Autumn Leaves. So if you know Autumn Leaves, it'll be a good challenge, and it'll be fun to hear what you all come up with. I'm gonna post my own video of that next week on Wednesday, so if you wanna hear that first. the UNT Con Selmer Jazz Trombone Competition is open for submissions. So that's going to close on September 1st. And if you have not yet figured out what you're going to play, what you're going to submit, I encourage you to do so. We can't wait to hear as many uh, entries as possible. We're going to have our live event in uh, Denton, Texas in November. We'll be inviting three finalists to campus. So we hope that you can apply. We hope that you can send in a recording. And again, it's 30 and under. So lots and lots of people are able to come and hang with us. We'll have uh, several guest artists to announce and uh, the schedule and all those um, all those type of things. So lots of big things happening. What's your process in learning a standard? Do you think it's important to learn standards in every key? I don't think you need to learn every standard in every key. I do think you need to learn a few standards in all keys. I do think you need to be able to transpose to all keys. Uh, but have I learned every tune I know in 12 keys? No. Certain tunes are never gonna be called in another key. Good example, dolphin dance. Why would you play dolphin dance in another key? It's hard enough to play in the original. As an exercise, it's a good challenge to move it to another key, but most people are probably gonna play dolphin dance in the original key. But a tune, a songbook tune, or rhythm changes, or blues, there's a good chance you're gonna play that in any key. Uh, especially if you get into doing a lot of gigs, playing with singers and other, other instrumentalists that play, like to play in different keys. We have to get out of concert pitch. So I think it's really important to be able to play in all 12 keys and be able to transpose to all 12 keys, but to play only, to play every song in every key is not uh, realistic. So I put this into my very first book and it's called Get Ready. That's the very first book. It came out in 2013 and there's a seven step kind of outline of how to learn a tune. But essentially it's to learn Learn to sing it first, just like a transcription. Learn to sing it first, learn the melody from a recording, learn the root melody, play the roots in the thirds, play the roots in the sevenths, play root seventh, root third, then you're gonna play, uh, maybe, then you can, there's a million different exercises you can go from there, but being able to then walk a bass line and play it on the piano are two essentials for me. Uh, so you don't have to do that, like at a certain point you don't need to do all the steps. So for me, it's, Right now, if I was gonna go learn a tune, it's listen to it until I can sing along with the melody. And then I learn it on the piano and I sing the melody along while I play the piano. 
and then I learned to play the trombone. Because once it's in my ear and in my head, I can play it on trombone uh, pretty easily at this point, because my I've worked over the years to connect my ear and my mind to the trombone. So like when I hear notes, when I think of notes, I can kind of find them a little more easily. So I'll wrap it up for this week. I appreciate everybody uh, being here to hang and uh, chat a little bit. Yeah, so go check that out, the Get To It Challenge. New jazz trombone duets available now. Uh, and the challenge is open uh, until next Wednesday. Two Wednesdays, the 25th. Yeah, the 25th it's open until. So go grab the book. Go grab the free PDF download to play. And we'll play that Autumn Leaves duet together. It's called Train to Berlin is the name of the duet. And uh, we'll uh, have a good time with that. So I, I hope uh, to see lots of entries. So tag me. Tag your friends. And we'll do, do all that stuff. But have a great weekend. I hope you uh, had a great week already. And we'll check back in next week. So have a good one.